0: Yo, let me stop you right there. I just need to holler at everybody and tell them about NordVPN. This service has been a bit of a game changer for me, man. Not only are they one of the first services, you know, to believe in me and to believe in this podcast, which is pretty amazing, but it's also been great to like pick up my internet access and throw it around the world. I've been able to access all the streaming services. I've been able to check out different shopping sites. It's keeping me safe. And sound on the internet and protecting all of my important data it's been pretty damn awesome so if you want to give it a chance for yourself if you want to try it out if you want to get amongst the glory that is NordVPN just go to nordvpn.com feels and use the code feels to get up to 70% off your NordVPN plan and at one additional month for free uh, it's also risk-free with Nord's 30-day money-back guarantee which is pretty sweet So yeah, nordvpn.com slash feels and use the code feels. Now let's get to the interview. what it is what's up and welcome everyone to faces and feels i'm your host Rafe houston and today i'm joined for today i'm joined by a very special guest he's my second guest from across the pond i guess you'd call it from the mighty country of new zealand it is the one and only is the void heart it is jt hollow how are you today my
1: dude I am very good. Thank you very much. How are you? I am great, dude.
0: Uh, so I, to- I told you off, mic, but for anybody listening, I've got a small dog in my lap. It's very young and it is going to bite me and make noises and things like that. Uh, I'm going to do my best to not edit that out because <laughs> my life is very full. So if you hear a little wolf, uh, just count it as a run in and it's totally fine. <laughs> so, there you go. Exactly right. So, dude, we'll just crack straight into it because we've, we've only met briefly on Twitter and stuff. Uh, i trying to learn more about the NZ scene, so I want to just start at the start of your career and we'll just kind of get to where you are now and where everything's cranking. So when you think back to how you first got into pro wrestling, what were some of the faces that stood out to you, the different characters larger than life that drew you into wrestling?
1: So... I remember very vividly the first match I ever saw. So I'm quite young. Mm-hmm. So the first match I ever saw, I think 2000. In, it was Backlash 2003, I think. Uh-huh. What? I think it was. Um, I believe it was the year it was Goldberg Rock in the main event. Okay. The first match I saw was uh, Los Guerreros versus Team Angle. Yes. Sheldon and Charlie Haas. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, I believe that's when the lowrider debuted. Yeah. They, right. they had the, the current angle portrait gimmick. Yeah. And they, like, did the most back stole the belts and shit. Yeah, yeah. Um, I hated Eddie Guerrero. Eh? I thought, look, this is despicable. Yeah. Everyone's <laughs> popping big for him. I didn't understand it. I thought, how dare you? These are just two nice men. Yeah. Just wrestling real well, and they're just getting shitted on completely. Yeah. It's an um, outrage. So I hated wrestling. Actually, I was like, "This is violent. (laughs) This is it's morally unjust. I don't, I don't like it here." It's morally
0: bankrupt.
1: (laughs) Exactly. Yeah, bro, it's no good. Yeah, complete heathens. This is this is who this is for. Yeah. Um, but eventually, I I don't know. I guess there was just something about it. Specifically, Eddie. Eddie would eventually become like my number one kind of guy. Yeah. Especially as I transition into. Well, now I want to be a wrestler. Now I, I've got to go to training school. He was one of the guys that, from childhood, that was kind of really over with me. Yeah. Just as a complete, I don't know anything about wrestling, but I love this guy. Yeah. To being, oh my God, this when we're talking about wrestling, man, that's you want to talk about guys that could go. Yeah. Eddie's right at the top of the list all time, you know. So.
0: Absolutely. It's funny how that would- that lens changes, right? Like when you're a kid. You view it like, you know, kayfabe, I guess, and you're like, this is a bad guy, and he's really mean, and I don't like it. And then eventually you're like, yo, this dude fucking is amazing. <laughs> like,
1: it's it's the weirdest thing. Yeah. I think it's like, it's a coming-of-age moment that any wrestling fan or wrestler, whatever, can all relate to. There's a moment, I I, I liken it to um, when you if you're a big into magic guy. Mm-hmm and you find out how the trick is done. Either the trick is now a thousand times cooler, yeah. or it's lame as shit to you.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: And I feel like that's one of the moments, as a wrestling fan, we yeah. start to see things for what it really is, and either you have you think it's the coolest shit ever. Oh, my God, look at Eddie Guerrero. Mm-hmm. So good at putting his opponent over, blah, 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 the bump and feed, all of that. Mm-hmm. Or you go, man, this shit sucks. This is lame. I yeah. don't want to watch this.
0: exactly. I think I became more of a fan when i was an adult and i came back to it so i was like really into it when i was younger and we're just talking early teens you know what i mean like i was first exposed to it when i was a little kid and then the side of i had no access to it because australia and then once i started to rent the vhs tapes and things like that you're 23 you may not even know what a vhs tape is but i only just only just just, jesus christ my age is going to show here but like and, and then I liked it and I sort of knew it was probably a bit fake but, you know, whatever and I just kind of took it at face value. When I got back into it way later in life, I had like 10 plus years off. I was in a band and I was doing things and, and like I said, in Australia, it's not really readily accessible unless you've got Foxtel and things like that. Once I started getting back into it and I started listening to podcasts and hearing road stories and like the mechanics of the ring and and like how it like the entire thing sort of works and I'm not a wrestler but like from the outside it fascinated me even more you know what I mean and the the performance aspect of it really started to to draw me into it in ways that like a fighting, like a real fight thing, like you probably never could. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, so I think Absolutely. that's part of it. Yeah. And yeah. Is, that, is was it kind of the same for you? Like, once you're like, oh, wait, and you start to understand, you're like, now this is something that I could be interested in.
1: Absolutely, yeah. yeah. So since I was about, like, maybe 10 or 11, mm-hmm. and coming back to Eddie Guerrero, there's a specific clip. It's a tag match. I think Benoit and Guerrero versus Rock and Jericho, maybe? Mm -hmm. Maybe? Maybe there were the tag titles on the line, but there's a clip where it's the hot tag, I believe, Mm -hmm. and Rock comes in, and he's cleaning house, obviously, because he's Rock. Yeah. There's a clip where Eddie feeds, he takes a bump and then he feeds for a Samoan drop. Yeah. But the timing's just a little bit off, and it gets, like, really dangerous. It's almost like Flapjack style.
0: Oh, really? Okay.
1: And I've seen, I've watched that clip and, like, slow motion a billion times i could tell you exactly when it happened yeah there's a point where eddie's like straight in the air he's about to spike his head and then he just doesn't yeah he just has that level
0: of control in that split second
1: it's crazy you're watching it in like in negative 32 or whatever and you can see his head as he turns and his body twitch all as one and he's the bump is clean and it just looks like a Samoan drop by the end of it and it's like two seconds worth of thing. Yeah. But it's, I think, again, again back to the magic thing, mm-hmm. the trick is way more interesting to me when I realized this is what went into it. Yeah. This is the actual, this is the science behind the art.
0: Absolutely. So
1: I, I, I agree with you 100%. Mm-hmm. Um, wrestling, I always loved wrestling but I fell in love with wrestling when I realized that it was a bit more complicated than what first meets the eye.
0: Absolutely, um, I think. I think the, and I, I've said this before a few times, like the Venn diagram, like of what it takes to become a wrestler, like the levels of skill that need to gel, like to be a total package, is unlike anything in the world. You know what I mean? Because you need to yeah. be an athlete, you need to be a stuntman, you need to be an actor entertaining. You need to have improv skills. You know what I mean? You need to have fitness and cardio. It's just like this total blob of skills that it takes to make a perfect wrestler. And you can get really good wrestlers that that like excel at certain parts of that, but that total package, when that all clicks for somebody, they're the people that are like superstars. You know what I mean? Because it's just unbelievable.
1: Absolutely. Wrestling... Wrestling might be the weirdest thing on the planet. It's
0: it's so fucking weird. And especially when, yeah. obviously, when we talk about stuff like deathmatch wrestling, that's even fucking weirder and more stupid. Because people are doing real physical harm to themselves in a predetermined thing for the entertainment of others, scarring their bodies and stuff like that. It makes no fucking sense. And the certain friends that Absolutely. I've talked to about, they're like, why do you like this? Or why would you watch this? And I'm like, you need to come watch it with me, and then you will understand why. Because when you are there live and you watch all this stuff, there's nothing like it. There's literally nothing like it. And I've never taken anybody to a wrestling show and not had them have a have a like a great time.
1: Oh, exactly. I dare you to go to a show, especially any show that is deathmatch-centric or is features guys that know what they're doing in a match like that. I dare you not to have a good time. Yeah
0: it's impossible unless you're you're predetermined to be like i'm not going to have a good time i'm morally opposed to this you know what i mean you're then you're exactly. not there trying to have a good time you're trying to have a bad time so but anybody who's like well what is this is going to come away you know having having a fucking unbelievable time. I, I've told it before, but, like, I didn't intend to ever see Deathmatch. I kind of saw it by accident in Japan, and it, like, changed my fucking life. You know what I mean? Because I was like, what the fuck sure. is this? You know? <laughs> like, And that sort of changed everything. And uh, how was it for you? Like, were you exposed to hardcore stuff and Deathmatch stuff earlier, or is that a more recent kind of development for you?
1: Well, so... Um, coming up, so... I was in high school like 2012 to okay. 2000, whatever year it was 16, 17, or whatever. So mm-hmm. that was the wrestling's not cool era. Yes. That was the CM Punk who saved us, but then he didn't because he was gone again.
0: Yeah, yeah. That was yeah.
1: kind of uh-huh. the PD era, brother. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um. So my I was like a big I was a snobby indie guy at my high school. Okay, I yeah, like, yeah. I watched I watched Chikara <laughs> or whatever the fuck. <laughs>
0: yeah. Okay, yep. Deep cuts.
1: Um. Exactly, yeah, but, so I always had, like, um, I saw a lot of ECW and stuff coming up, Mm -hmm. and that never really, people go like, oh, that stuff is brutal. but it's like table bumps and chairs and tacks and Mm -hmm. some crazy stuff for sure, Mm -hmm. Um, but overall, I was like, no, I mean, yeah, it's it's good hardcore stuff, Mm -hmm. and then I think I saw, it was just the compilation, um, yeah, the clip compilations on YouTube were real big at the time. It's like CZW stuff. And that's, that was the first time I was like, what the fuck is this?
0: Yeah, right. The 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 deathmatch stuff, like the TODs and the Cage of Death and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely, okay. yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Now there's glass everywhere and cunts are getting fucking cinder blocks <laughs> thrown at their heads. And there's just barbed wire in places. that, well, I thought those were supposed to be ropes. It's barbed wire now. Yeah. And fucking some cunts hanging off of it. It's like, a <laughs> holy shit.
0: You're like, what the actual fuck's happening? And it feels like real and dangerous and illegal and all those things. And especially at the age you're talking about, you're like,
1: Let's go. <laughs> I, I thought it was illegal. I yeah. thought I was going to get in trouble because yeah. I was just watching Cody Bushy and El Generico or whatever I was watching at the time. Yeah, yeah. And now I'm watching like Mox and fucking, and all of this, the CZW guys, and they're all like bleeding to death and shit. And yeah. I'm like, holy fuck.
0: I, see, I, I missed it all. Like I said, I, I got out of it for a while. You know, it, was, it wasn't on my radar and stuff. And so like when I was a kid, the internet was shit. So it's like fucking sure. dial up and stuff. And so you could watch clips, but I'd like load up WWE recaps and it's like trying to watch hardcore Holly's like fucking entrance video and it's like da, 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 da. and I'm like this this fucking sucks. And so then I get out of it, internet becomes what it does, blah 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 blah. Ten years is a long fucking time to not look at something. Yep. But then when I start going back and like learning about Ring of Honor and New Japan and stuff, I was like, I didn't know wrestling could be like this. Because I, I had only ever known it to be WWE, WWF, WCW sort of format, you know. Um, and the crazy thing is, uh, I was listening to a conversation recently, uh, I think it was on WeWorks, so they were talking about how like, the, all of the, the people that are on those rosters they can do the things that all the indie people do, but the, there's a product and there's a formula to those kind of packaged things that they want wrestling to be. You know what I mean? They want to stick within those lines and own the color in those lines. So then, when you see stuff outside of those lines and rules being broken and athletic feats that you didn't think were possible and, you know, and crazy things like that, it just like, it's like waking up from the matrix, is how I've described it before. It's like I've been unplugged and I'm like, where has all this shit been? Yeah. I probably never would have been out of it, but I just was the sameness. Uh, for me, just just got too much, and I sort of got away from it. You know what I mean? So uh, I can imagine at that young age, like, being exposed to it, like, you would have been like, there is an entire different world here that I'm very interested in trying to find.
1: Oh, yeah, from that point, because, again, not that I didn't watch Raw. Who Mm. didn't watch Raw if you were 12 and Mm -hmm. loved wrestling, you know? Yeah, yeah. Uh But, yeah, once I saw that stuff, um, some of you, I I went back and saw the. Sorry? I didn't say it. <laughs> oh, right, <sorry. laughs> No, you're good. <laughs> um, it would, I went back and saw that stuff and saw like all the old, all Japan stuff, like the four pillars. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, some of the new Japan stuff, the ring of honor stuff, even some of the old, like, early PWD stuff as well. Uh-huh. Um, That's when I was like, holy shit. I probably, I want to be a wrestler. I was, I was told I couldn't be a wrestler already by this point. Yeah. Um, so medically, I thought I could never do that. Mm-hmm. But when I saw that, that kind of because yeah, same to you. I wasn't really. I was turning 13, 14, mm-hmm. playing rugby or whatever. Yeah. Like I don't really. I didn't have to watch Raw anymore. It doesn't bother me. I'm yeah. meeting girls and stuff. Like yeah. I don't really do anymore. Yeah, I was
0: the same. I'm like look- I'm touring in a band. I'm fucking every weekend. I'm like playing shows and stuff, and I'm partying and all that. And it's just like, and also I'm like not earning heaps of money or anything, so I don't have Foxtel and Cable. I'm not, like, hiring pay-per-views on the weekend and stuff. So it just sort of fell away. I was always aware of it, you know, like, you kind of keep up, oh, who's the champion now and things like that, but I just wasn't active in it, you know? So it, it, like, it just falls away from your, your, uh, I guess, everyday, like, investment.
1: You know, exactly, exactly. Yeah, You talk about, like, we talk about who won the Rumble or whatever. Yeah. Every now and then, but going to be other friend. than that, without independent wrestling, mm-hmm. I wouldn't even yeah, I wouldn't even know to think of wrestling the way that I do now. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't I wouldn't see it the same way because you're right, it was very monotonous. Yeah. in mainstream wrestling mm-hmm. for a long time, especially yeah. the time you're talking about.
0: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Like you said, that PG era, that uh, that kind of thing, it was very samey. You know, and I was really like not a cena guy in any way. And so like sure. the and you know, I actually really appreciate him now and I, I love him when he's around. But at the time I was like, fuck this loser man, like I don't yeah. give a fuck. What's that? He beat beat Triple H for the title again, like whatever. Like I just didn't care, you know? And so so yeah, it's different. So you said you were you were told at that point that, you know, you probably couldn't be a wrestler and this is you, you know, being younger and stuff like that, was that because it's New Zealand and there's probably nowhere you can train and it seems too far away? Or was it because you had other, you know, like you said, rugby or whatever, you had other focuses and they're like, fuck that wrestling stuff. This is real over here, that kind of thing.
1: Well, so it was a little bit of all of it. I, for the longest time, thought there was only one promotion in New Zealand, IPW, because that's just, if you ever saw wrestling in New Zealand, uh-huh. which you probably didn't, but if you did, mm-hmm. it was like them. Okay. In the North Island, for sure, where I live. So, yeah. it was, it was. I would tell people when I was like 12, like, I'm going to be a wrestler one day, I'm, I don't care, I'm yeah. going to be WWE champion. it's going to be great. Yeah. Um, they'd be like, well, where are you going to start? Like, now you need money, to, you can't live here and be a wrestler. Yeah. That wasn't a thing. Um,
0: Farley's proved he can. Well, <laughs> Farley, yeah, and A few boys have. Yeah, I a know. A few of them have. Yeah, so, uh, got, I mean, Jay, uh, Jay White. I mean, yeah. <laughs> so, I mean, he's living in the US now, but there's been quite a few guys that have become quite successful from NZ. But at the time, there would have been none, I guess, or at least people wouldn't have been aware of Farley at all at that point
1: anyway exactly what's success have i have i seen you on tv mate yeah then exactly yeah. yeah yeah i feel yeah. fuck
0: new zealand and australia are very similar like that it's that tall poppy like just fucking cut you down like you know before you yeah
1: yeah absolutely but so i've yeah i was about i've got a um a what's the word a genetic eye disease called keratoconus They medically disqualified me what Okay. Yeah. When I was like, I think. When did I have surgery? I had a corneal graft of my right eye when I was thirteen.
0: Oh my god!
1: And the doctor was like, "Yeah, like you can't." Was oh something ridiculous they said at the time? It was something like, "You can't, you can't go on bushwalks anymore."
0: (laughs) What a weird rule! It's like a normal walk is fine if you're walking through the city, but if I catch you in the fucking bush, you're dead. Like it's just a wrap. Like
1: what? the theory was, you walk into a tree, your eye is gone.
0: Oh, like if a stick yeah. gets you. What does like or
1: whatever. walk into a tree? I You're like, could I I'm wear
0: sunglasses? They're like, no, absolutely not. You have to go no, in no, no, raw. Like,
1: <laughs> don't don't take the risk. Yeah, the material's not that strong. Oh my it god, it was it was stupid to like I couldn't dive headfirst into a pool anymore. So they're like, well, the force from the water. Oh my god, Even standing in the pool will probably blind you.
0: So that yeah, so that's feel. what it is? It's like a weaker eyeball or something.
1: Yeah, so it's, it's the they just replace the cornea and they just stitch it into the eyeball. Yeah, but it's like it's obviously it's not yours. It's real fragile. Yeah, and it can reject at any time. So they're like, this is probably you for you could be sixty years old, doing everything you know, yeah. no diving in pools and no yeah. bushwalks, and it just could still go no, at any time, up. kind of thing. Yeah, and can, it, it just can.
0: And is it like the the replacement of the implant? Lego, is that. Like something they've made, or is that from a dead person?
1: Yeah, that's, um, they check the license and are you a donor? And, bro, have yep. you ever, like,
0: you know, like in the, that's the start of a horror movie where you start to see, like, the <clears throat> memories of, like, a person who died, or, like, you see, start to see through the veil and see spirits and shit?
1: I was told I would, and I believed it. <laughs> oh, fucking when hell. I was 12 or whatever. Yeah. And they were like, look, this, don't worry, we took care of you. This guy was a good guy. We don't think he did anything dodgy, <laughs> but just in case, Turns you might see out, some yeah, shit. Yeah, he was a
0: serial killer. Fucking <laughs> Oh my God. Known. This is terrible. Are the doctors saying this to you? Like, don't worry, this uh, this person w- was a good person. We checked him out. We don't, so like we the we don't doctors, know. do are
1: doctors who like dress, like dress you or whatever. They're like giving me shit, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Mind you, I'm 12. And not a brave twelve, so <laughs> a
0: cowardly twelve.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, so I'm like, brah, bro, what? I'm gonna, I'm just, I'm gonna bear witness to murders now.
0: Fucking hell. That's so heavy. Were you just like terrified?
1: Yeah, while well, sad, really. Yeah, I, I, I was like, on the off chance that they're right about the memories thing, I guess I will. I'll cross that bridge if it comes up. I doubt it but I'm a little bit concerned. Yeah, But it was mainly be. just I can't do anything now. I can't see. I can't wrestle. That was really like... I was like
0: yeah, because like, it was something you always wanted to do and it wasn't even, like, apparently not even on the cards anymore for you.
1: For anything not at all. Physical, it was, like, yeah. years of, like, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do this. Where's the school? Well, I don't know. I'll find a school. Da-da-da. I'll start a school in New Zealand. And then it was like, that was, like, the final defeat. Yeah. It was like 13 whatever. It was yeah. like yeah you're you're like,
0: know, the yeah, dream kind can never
1: happen is how you're feeling yeah yeah, yeah. wow it's
0: okay like, so so you. then how do how do we get from being a weak-eyed ghost detector to like yeah. <laughs> becoming the void heart. like how do you, how do you then I, I get over that fear of doing anything physical like that involves your head and and eyes and, he, and then – because that would be a mental barrier to overcome. And then yeah. also find a school and train and, like, take your first bump and be like, hey, I'm not blind. Sweet. Like, like how does that happen?
1: Yeah. So I started training when I think I was 18 or 19 or something like that. Mm-hmm. And it just – it got to a point for me, Um, even though I was still quite young at the time,
0: uh-huh.
1: it still felt like a really long time not being allowed – to do the one thing I feel like I want to do more than anything else in this world. Yeah. And so, because I'm a I'm a young mouldy boy, and I come from a a mouldy community, and da da da. So I I'd, I'd gotten into fights and stuff. Yeah. After the fact. Right. And it was never blind.
0: Yeah. Okay. So, so it was like okay. not on purpose. I'm trying to protect my head, and then somebody's swinging at it. It's like, well, fuck! Yeah. I've got to stay alive. And you're like, hey, you know what? I got hit, and my eye wasn't made of glass, and I'm okay. So maybe yeah. this isn't that big a deal.
1: So it was maybe two only three or four times like that over the years. Yeah. And then eventually I decided like if it happens, it happens.
0: Can't live your life being scared of it. Like you just gotta Nah, not
1: at all. Yeah. Not when not when the the opposite option to take is following your dreams and being happy as shit. Yeah.
0: Exactly. Like, what, what are you going to do? Like live in fear forever. Like, so it's like, uh, like wrap your head in cotton wool and it could still fucking go at a day's notice. So you may as well try and do everything you can. And then if something goes, well then fuck, I'll deal with it kind of thing.
1: That's exactly it. That's yeah. exactly is it just the it. one eye or is it both? Um, The right eye they got uh, this, uh the surgery on is more fragile, but it, it's gone in both. Right, right, but exactly. the right is like more developed or more aggressive. Yeah. look
0: at it this way: if the right eye does go, maybe you could get like a sweet glass eye that would like. Bro, I'm,
1: that's I'm doing the cane gimmick. Yeah, I'm going to be, can... I'm going to oh, be cane.
0: Yeah. yeah, that's it. That's fine. My um, my dad's cousin, we call him Uncle Frog, but he, our entire life, had a glass eye, right? And he was a oh. fucking rascal. He uh, he put it out by throwing knives into a fence. He was like, you know, well, trying to learn how to be a knife thrower or something and bounced off and fucking got him hectic. At least that's the story he told me. Now I think about it as an adult, maybe he was lying to me my entire life, so I don't yeah. actually fucking know. Maybe he never had an eye, I don't know. But he used to fucking do shit. Like, he would put his eye fucking places, like, to fuck with you and stuff. Like, my dad would be at the beer and he'd be like, oh, mate, uh, i am just go to the bathroom, I'll be back. And he'd be like, yeah, cool. And the dad would come back and go to drink his pint and the fucking eyeball would be in there looking at him. And- oh, know <laughs> Or he'd roll it down the bar at you and shit. Like, (laughs) fucking, as a kid, I remember coming in the kitchen and it just like sitting on the counter watching me and shit.
1: That's that's a good fucking sport, though. Yeah, yeah.
0: He's like, well, what? I may as well make the best of it and fuck with people. Like, it's healthy. No, you
1: gotta love guys like that. I was like, dude,
0: why don't you get like a bunch of like, you know, have you ever seen the movie Last Action Hero and there's that fucking villain and he's got like a selection of them? He's got like a target one and he's got like a red eye and a smiley face and all that.
1: Sure. Oh, my God.
0: With Arnold Schwarzenegger?
1: I I never needed my eye. You've just...
0: You're like, fuck it off. Why did we even fix it? I could (laughs) have... Exactly. (laughs) This guy's got a... In the movie, he's got a case, and he opens it up, and depending on what he's doing, because he's like a comic book villain, he'll be like, I'm going to go shoot somebody or whatever, and he'll swap out his glass eye to a target, and then he's like sniping on people and shit, and then he's like (laughs) you know, doing different stuff.
1: Bro, I love that. That's sick. That needs to be a wrestling game. Yeah, I know.
0: You can, you can bring it back. Well, I mean, I don't want you to go blind. I'm just saying, if we're yeah, dealing neither. with the worst case scenario and you've got to replace an eye, sweet. Exactly. <laughs> that's
1: all There's a silver lining to everything. Exactly. And my suitcase yeah. full of, uh, yeah, That, that, is that that's yeah. the silver lining.
0: That's how you do it. That's how you do it. So how did you then find a school?
1: So moved to Auckland, so I'm not from Auckland, but... Uh, I mean, if you know New Zealand, you've probably heard of Auckland. It's like the biggest yeah. city. Mm-hmm. Um, moved to Auckland to go to uni. Mm-hmm. Did that for a while. It's, yeah, whatever. Uh-huh. And then, yeah, it got to that point where I was like, I was bursting at the seams. Like, I had to do something. Yeah. I was either going to be a wrestler or I was going to self-implode. It needed to happen. Yeah, yeah. And so my uncle was just like, and I said this on um one of the New Zealand Boys podcasts, but uh-huh. my big thing was like, all right, who's running trials? Because by this point I knew there were at least two or three promotions around. Yeah. There are actually way more, but mm-hmm. I knew of at least two or three and knew there were schools in Auckland and stuff. Yeah. Um. So I was like, who's running trials? Because I'm not – maybe I'm a, I am could be a good wrestler, maybe I can't, but I'm never going to know if I walk in there and have to do 5,000 push-ups and I die on the first 100, you know? Yeah. I was like, who's running trials? I found a school. There's actually, how many? I think there were three or four schools in Auckland alone at uh-huh. the time. Mm-hmm. And I found one called Maniacs United. Yes. And they had a number. They had a time that fit my schedule at the time to go in and train. Uh-huh. And they didn't have trials.
0: Yeah. They'll, like, just come down and see how yeah. you go. Yeah, 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 cool.
1: So I was like, cool, I'll ring them. Um, wasn't going to ring them, actually. Was probably just going to put it off and keep telling people I was going to ring them. Yeah. Um. But an uncle of mine was like, he sat me down at his house, pulled up the phone, and said, "This is the fucking number. I'm going to press the call button, and you're going to tell them you're going to be there Friday. Yeah. And we're going to go. Made and you do like, it. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Because yeah. he knew. And thank God. He knew.
0: Yeah. That's awesome.
1: Yeah. No. Nah. Yeah. yeah. So rang them. Um. Teed up a time. Went in. And my first training was I didn't even train, so I was nervous as shit. It was like, oh, you can just watch. I just can I just watch? Yeah. Well, oh, you still got to pay. <laughs> yeah, alright then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sure. So yeah, I sat there and I was like, okay. I'll And then because it was they we do Fridays and Sundays, mm-hmm. so this was Friday night, and I was like, oh, I'll see you Sunday morning. Then, mm-hmm. oh, okay. Yeah. Um, that's cool because there were only like maybe nine or ten people at the school at the time, so yeah. they were really. Happy just to hear anyone through the door, really. Yeah. Even if you fucking had no future, at least, you know, 20 bucks a week for training, yeah.
0: they're, ju- good. they're just trying to get started, trying to get it off the ground, trying to turn it into something, yeah. right?
1: Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. So Build a I, team. I told him, yeah. mm-hmm. oh, here's my money for Sunday, then. Oh, so you, you even
0: prepaid it. Like, oh, I'll see you Sunday. I'm definitely coming kind of. Yeah. Yeah,
1: great. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'll be here. No, I still hadn't done anything. Was still nervous as shit. Yeah. Um, but they went on Sunday. I got like, I, we're doing like right rolls or whatever the fuck. And oh. I do a roll and I, the boys pop. You get the, oh, he's doing well, the bullshit. Please come back and pay for training pop. Yeah. <laughs> was, you know. I was like, oh, okay, cool. But then I do something else and then I get another pop now. And like, okay, look, I'm coming back, guys. Don't worry about it. It's okay. I yep. don't have to go this hard for the boss. <laughs> but then we, we do more drills and then I get more pops and yep. it's. I, it's it's a bit more genuine, yeah. and even the coach was like, "Oh, have you? Did you go to IPW or something? Mm-hmm. And you couldn't crack it there? Yeah, or yeah, where'd yeah. you train?" Uh-huh. I was like, "No, nah, I mean, like, the hand over heart. This is. I just walked in here. It's the only place I've been to." Yeah. Oh, okay, we'll kind of keep you around. Yeah. So, and that was what three? Yeah, three years ago now. Mm-hmm. So that was all. It was it was a phone call. I paid to watch a training. Mm-hmm. Then went to training, mm-hmm. and yeah. To this day, yeah. training's tonight, actually. Yeah, yeah. Um,
0: did you feel like I, you were just sort of taking to it a little bit naturally because of, I guess, lifelong fan, right? Like, you you understand the mechanics. Like you said, you were you were pausing footage and watching it slower and stuff like that just because you wanted to understand how it worked. And then did you feel like you were then able to sort of implement that a little bit because you had just spent so much time thinking about it?
1: Absolutely. I... um. In New Zealand, I kind of—it's admit. Oh, it makes me cringe because I don't like it. Oh. But I get referred to as a natural all the time. Okay. And I think that, but I think people that come across as natural as something—it's just passion. That's the difference. Okay. Between yeah, what perceived as natural born talent and uh-huh. just ethic. If you really care about something and you think about it constantly and have done so for years, yeah. You're bound like you probably don't have to explain to you how to throw a clothesline. Yep. You know what I mean? Yeah. You've if you really love it to that level, you've probably seen different techniques on how to throw a clothesline yeah, and Google it. You
0: you've watched like Farouk fucking throw a hundred clotheslines. You know what I mean? You've watched JBL do it like a hundred times, and you exactly. you know, and that sort of thing. And you know, you've watched old footage of Stan Hansen throwing lariats and sh- like, and just the mechanics of it is there because you're a huge nerd about it. And so, and sometimes that can take a little bit to make the body do it, but the understanding's already there because you're already obsessed with it.
1: Like, exactly, exactly. That's what I think the secret is. Now, mind you, Mm -hmm. I think my body, I mean, it's different now, but even then, took to it a little faster than others. Uh Just because I'm a Polynesian boy, we're all big. Yeah. Especially the Samoan brothers. You've seen what they do in wrestling.
0: Of course, yeah.
1: So. If, the, there if there are,
0: is like a heritage and lineage and like uh, I guess race, you would say that's almost built for wrestling. It is that, right? Like that physically, yeah. it's how you guys roll. Like you know, exactly. my my yes. heritage is not that. <laughs> I'm Go very on. weak and easily broken. Is my deal.
1: <laughs> so I'm sure natural affinity does play a part of yes. it. Yes. Yeah. Um, but. No, oh, there's no like, there's no replacement for experience, and there's no replacement for passion. Yeah,
0: and I I think as well, like you, I mean, everything in your life sort of builds you towards that moment. So you talk about being like a huge fan that's like obsessed with it and watching this stuff. Then you talk about playing rugby. Then you talk about fighting in the streets because you know it's it's kind of like the area you grew up in and like the the way of things where you grew up and stuff. So you're not afraid to be hit. You've been physically, uh dominant on fields and tackled people and done that stuff before you're obsessed with it. So you're not going to have those, like, like say I go to a ring right now, the idea of me spear tackling somebody or jumping straight onto my back or run Like I would be very reserved about it because I've never done it before and have no, um, like point of view on it, you know, because I, I've just sure. never done it. I don't know what it's going to feel like any of that shit. You'd be like, Oh, I fucking do that stuff all the time. Like none of that matters. Like, the, like, for me, it's just learning moves and, and techniques and stuff. So I, I imagine that probably helped you as well. It's almost like everything led up to that moment,
1: you know. I never really thought of it that way until maybe a month or two ago yeah. when I really sat down to think about it. Mm-hmm. I think when I came back from DMDU, uh-huh. which was, yeah, quite the experience, and I uh-huh. really thought about it, That uh-huh. I think I agree with you. Yeah. It was like, yeah, the little things that happened here and there, and even on the mental level, just the way – you see certain things, like being hit, like Like not flinching. That's huge. (laughs) That's huge in wrestling, not flinching and present yourself. And that's tough as fuck to figure out if you've never been punched in the face before.
0: Absolutely. And and also, like, you've even already, you overcame a huge mental hurdle with your eyes. You know what I mean? So you had already taught yourself that it's okay, I'm not glass, I'm not going to break, it's fine, I'm just going to do this and so then all the other stuff probably seems fucking small fry because you're like if this doesn't fucking shatter the rest of me sure as fuck isn't so it's fine
1: exactly yeah, yeah. Mm. that's a, that's exactly what it was yeah yeah yeah
0: do you now to this day do you are you concerned about head stuff you know what i mean like uh if you're in a situation or whatever like don't hit me in the fucking head or like is it just not even something that you think about
1: Yeah, I'm kind of bad. It's not something that I think about. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. At least not heading into a match or putting a match together or even during the match, I don't really think about it. Uh I've been fortunate. I've not been concussed yet, and most of the guys that I've worked with, I've worked with guys that are stiff. Yeah. But not dangerous. I've never been blasted in my eye or my nose or anything like that. yeah. Um just a few forearms out of place on the jaw, whatever, or clothesline yeah. a bit higher but uh-huh. it doesn't yeah, when you're in when you're in there it's it's the same as I pay the same attention to it that I do my leg or my arm. Yeah. If I take a weird bump and come up and go, Fuck, that shoulders a bit loose or whatever. Mm-hmm. It's this it's yeah, if something happens to my eye or my head then I kinda get up and go, What the fuck was that? Yeah. Did I not duck or do come down on me. What happened there? Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's all it's all circumstantial. I, I don't pay it any special yeah. mind.
0: I th- I think if you if you enter something like that, paranoid or super concerned about anything, you're probably more likely to fuck it up anyway. You know what I mean? Because exactly. then you're not like letting your reflexes do their job. I mean, we started this conversation talking about. Eddie Guerrero taking that like sort of fuck looking Samoan j- drop. I'm sure in that second he didn't even think about it. You know what I mean? He was oh, his body was moving. He felt like he was in the wrong possession by some sixth sense, moved himself, and it was totally fine. Like he's probably he probably never thought about that bump ever again. You know, but for absolutely, but yeah, and that those are the reflexes that just need to like develop through training and time and experience and and things like that, right? Yeah, it's like and, like and, the and to sense. your point,
1: um, you can't think about it. Because the second, like, like you say, he didn't have time to think. If he stopped for no. a moment and thought, that's his ass. He's yeah. still, he's gone.
0: That that's a, like while that cog's turned, Like, am I about to land on my? And then you're already fucking over. You know what I mean? So it's exactly. like, yeah,
1: exactly. So, so when you're you you, I yeah, I can't think about it because then it gets dangerous, Absolutely. and I'm too fucking Absolutely. big, man. <laughs> it, I'll hurt someone. I'll hurt someone if I overthink things. So I can't. Yeah. You just. It, it is what it is. It. You you accept what it is. That's. I don't. I'm not. I'm under no disillusion. Yeah. I know what I'm getting myself into. Yeah. I'm putting my boots on and my tape. I know what it is. I can't go out there and now I have second.
0: Yeah, voice. and half step. You just got to do it. Absolutely.
1: Yeah. Fuck yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. No, that's awesome, man. It, dude. Yeah. It, it's crazy. Plus, I mean, we don't know for certain that you don't have some kind of ghostly armor that has <laughs> developed through the spirit of the person who gave their idea. You. you know what I mean? He might be watching over you, lifting you up. Like, you could still harness those powers to to the fullest, you know, is what I'm
1: saying. Hey, if he is, thank you, bro. Yeah, Because it's thank worked you. out real well. Also, it keeps working.
0: shout out to that donor and to anybody that is a donor, by the way, because that's like maybe one of the most selfless things anybody can do. And I'm Absolutely. sure I'm sure he appreciates that shout out, but on a podcast yes. in fucking <laughs> yeah. two thousand twenty two. But you know what I'm saying. Like maybe this is tasteless, I don't know. But but like anybody that does that is it's really amazing. And my like eyes are like a thing for me that's sort of weird. Like uh when my my wife did all her donor stuff and that, that was kind of the only thing I was like, can you not? Because like the idea of her sort of eyes being with somebody else was like a little bit too much for me emotionally Ooh. to deal with you know what i mean like and so it's just such like a selflessly huge thing and look at look at you getting to live your best life now because that's amazing right
1: yeah, no, that is. Yeah. Big up all the donors because it's important and it's needed. It yeah. is. No one wants to talk about it, yeah. but there are people that are still alive that need the body parts, and they don't come from nowhere. Absolutely, and you're so. not going
0: to use them, man. So if you if you haven't <laughs> yeah. uh, done that, please do it, everybody, because uh, that's amazing. This is not where I thought the conversation was going to go today, but uh, I love that it did. <laughs> this has been awesome.
1: You yeah, know, thank you, yeah. Yeah.
0: So uh, tell, me, uh, tell me now where we are, where... You've trained, you're you're developing, it's going really well. Then what comes next for you? So how do you develop in who you are and how do you start getting on shows and stuff?
1: Um this year's been good for me. I've probably been more booked now than I ever have been in the past. Um it's oh I it might not sound like a huge achievement uh-huh. for some of our international friends listening out there, but there was a good maybe Two three month stretch or something like that, where there weren't many weekends I didn't wrestle yeah. in that stretch, which is a huge accomplishment, yeah. Um, for a New Zealand wrestler, mm-hmm. um, you're lucky two three a, a month. At least that's how it was when I got yeah. it. Really, it was only one or two a month. If, yeah, if you were lucky. So, um, it's just I'm a big believer in, <clears throat> like, you do what the company asks you to. You're easy to work with. Just go just go, be nice. Like, just yeah. Yeah, be around, help out, don't be a dickhead to anyone, mm-hmm. and do your job well. If if the promoter comes to you and says, hey, I, we got this super strong guy you guys are on after intermission, you can go out there and take seven power bombs. Uh-huh. Well, then you make those seven power bombs look sick as fuck. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And if you're in the opposite role, then you thank the dude that you're working with, before you go out, you go out there, and you kill them with seven fucking power <laughs> dogs and you lock the spot.
0: Yeah, well, that, that, that's but, the the role of it. Not everybody can be the winner, and plus, exactly, you don't have to be a winner to win as well. Because yeah. pro wrestling's a story, and some of the the best, most popular wrestlers of all time are underdogs. You know what I mean? Like, if and you're the most yeah. winningest winner ever, you're probably not the most popular guy on the show. You know, like unless you're Goldberg. Like, it's yeah. like. You
1: know, yeah. Unless you've got lightning in a bottle, but you probably don't. Yeah, so. yeah exactly. Yeah. Nah,
0: totally. I play. I completely get it. And so uh and so then how do you like obviously you're somebody that thinks about your wrestling a lot. how do you develop who JT Hollow is as well? Like are you just like I'm myself and I'm a wrestler, or or was there is there like a bit of a backstory kind of as to who,
1: you know, you are? Yeah, so it's the way I describe it is so I don't have like a gimmick per se. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not Tim the Fireman. It's yeah. easy. Mm-hmm. Wear a fire hat, you come out with a hose, yeah. you know, <laughs> put the fire out. Whatever.
0: There's a gimmick here, like, we yeah. could we could workshop here.
1: <laughs> yeah, a lot of, you know what I mean? Like Tim the fireman. It's it's clear, comes out with the fire, whatever. Yeah. Um I'm the voidheart JT hollow. Yes. People ask me all the time, what is that? Uh-huh. I don't know. I really don't Sounded know. Cool. Um, But it isn't necessarily just me being me. Yeah. I think, Jay, someone asked me in another interview maybe a month ago. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if you remember on, on Twitter, wrestling Twitter was up in arms for, for a little bit because Cody Rhodes mm-hmm. went and said wrestling is a love story. Yes. And some people agreed and some people didn't. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I think JT Hollow is a love story. I think he's mm-hmm. he's some of the parts of me that I kind of I tried to suppress. Yeah. And try to not kind of some of the things I'm not proud of, but in, in other ways he's the person I wish I was. Yeah. As well. Mm-hmm. So it's not really me, but it's kind of who I wish I wasn't and it's also who I wish I was. Yeah. And it's a love story. I think J T Hollow, the way I like to look at it is everything he's done, for better or for worse, good and bad. Mm-hmm. It was all for the affirmation that we all seek. Yeah. That if we're in the entertainment business, especially the professional wrestling business, it's it's a story of a human being and what he is willing to do. Yeah. To be the best. For yeah. championship. For blah blah blah. Yeah. That's kind of how I see it. I yeah. know that's a cop out answer. It doesn't really mean anything. I don't, I don't um, think that's
0: the case at all. I think I think that's a pretty good answer. You know, it's uh, no, it's, it's yeah yeah. Well, uh, it's clear that you thought about it. You know what I mean? Some people are like. I'm a s he's just, I'm a sick as fuck high flyer, bro. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, like that's not really what it is for you. It's it's about and whenever I like like wrestling stories and and you know and wrestlers and things like that, I love that story and it should kind of always be the story in pro wrestling. I am the best because I want to be the best and I want everybody to recognize that I am the best. When you think about, like, you mentioned CM Punk earlier, when you think about the pipe bomb promo, and it's like, because I'm yep. the best wrestler in that ring, on this mic, or whatever, you know? Uh, one of my favorite um, Ring of Honor promos was when Jay Lethal and Jay Briscoe. <laughs> oh, hang on. She's fucking up my train of thought. <laughs> Come here. Oh, no. You've got to find yourself in timeout. Uh, uh, they were having a feud where. Jay Lethal is the TV champion and Jay Briscoe is like the world champion of Ring of Honor. Yep. And and Jay Briscoe's like, I'm the best. I'm the world champion. And Jay Lethal's like, no, you don't understand. I am the best. The TV championship is the best because I am the one that holds it because I'm the definition of excellence in this company. You know what I mean? I love that level of competition and that level of passion in, yep, in, of in wrestling, you know? And so every... Uh, heels faces whatever, I feel like every best heel or every villain is the main character in their story. They do what yep. they they do whatever dastardly or whatever because they have their own reasons, you know, and they do it because I'm justified in doing this because I've been wronged or I need to show this or, or whatever. That is what it is. And if every action that your character takes is that, then it always makes sense. You know, like it, exactly. if it comes back to that logic. Exactly. You know what I mean? So, um obviously the void heart is a cool moniker and, and you just said it was something that you kind of made up and it didn't really have anything in particular behind it, but you can build that yourself. Like retrospectively, you can take actions yes. and stuff that fill that in, fill in those blanks, like have a look exactly. at what I did here or how I did that. It's because uh, he's is a heartless bastard in that case, you know, or if the void heart's a good guy, maybe he's void of heart because he's, heart's been broken or something had to happen and he's trying to refill it with the love of pro wrestling, stuff like it's that. Yeah. Great. Yeah. It can work either way, which is what makes it cool. Nope. Oh, I'm just being bitten again. Uh, so, uh, as you started to wrestle, are you just wrestling on the maniac show? Cause I have seen stuff on YouTube, uh, maniacs United YouTube and I've seen you wrestling your stuff with, uh, Vic Craig, uh, are they the main company that you then work for, or are you? Do you start to work various kind of shows? Because, because uh, Vic was telling me there's actually quite a few wrestling companies in New Zealand now.
1: Yeah, there are. Yeah, more than there were when I started. Even so, that's that's only like three years. Yeah. Um, my first like year or two, mm-hmm. it was just maniac shows. It was like yeah. once a month or once every six weeks. I think it got to a point where we were running like once every eight weeks, and I was like, oh, man, this, this is rough. But this is the only yeah. place I could get booked. Yeah. And it was my home promotion. It still is my home promotion. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I got my first ever outside booking at a company called Hughes Academy towards the end of my first year, uh-huh. and it was one of those like, "Someone, it's a tournament tonight, uh-huh. someone's dropped out, show starts in 40, can you get here in 10 yeah. kind of deals? <laughs> And I was yeah. like, well, fuck yeah, I guess. And ended yeah. up wrestling. It was it was a shoot tournament where, like, they drew numbers in the crowd. Oh, so really? So the show starts, and we all just stand in the ring, and you draw numbers, and whoever gets your Corral Lady number, you're like, the we're number going. is the order of the matches. And it's like, yeah, you guys are going. So if you drew one and two, well, you're first up, and this is your opponent, and the referee might come whisper to you, hey, such and such is going over. And yeah. you got five minutes or whatever it is, mm-hmm. and figure it out. Yeah. Well, at least uh, being, like,
0: coming in last minute, you're not at more of a disadvantage than anybody else on the card because they're all in the same fucking book, really.
1: Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> so yeah, from that point of view, I was lucky. But, oh man, I'm like, I start training in February or January or something like that of that year. It's now December. I'm shitting myself. I'm not ready. Yeah. I shouldn't be here. Yeah, I didn't even know I was going to be here. Mm-hmm. Um, I just got here 10 minutes ago and the show's about to start. Then. I'm not even a year in. I'm a loser, man. This isn't going well. It's it's but deep into the
0: pool for sure.
1: Oh, yeah. But apparently it went okay. Um, and then so Hughes started to use me a bit more and more. Um, and it's kind of picked up, especially over the last two years. I get used pretty regularly by Hughes. And from there was the lock. There are a lot of companies, but the locker rooms are still kind of small enough where you see the same guys. Yeah, yeah the same six or seven everywhere you go and now it's getting to the point where the locker rooms are basically more or less the same. All of us are all at the same places and yeah, just over a year or two kind of picked up to a point where it's the, I'm at most companies. Yeah. Um, that makes sense travel-wise at least and there are like five alone in Auckland. Yeah. Just in the city I live in so it's like Pick a weekend. There's probably somewhere to get a bump in or something like that. So. <laughs> to get a bump in. <laughs>
0: I've never heard it put that way, but It's very yeah. true.
1: So, no, I spent a lot of time looking up at the lights, so it was more bumping than giving them out for sure. Yeah, right, right.
0: Um, so you have also been, what, showing up. Is it in Heathen Combat that you've been doing, like, a bit more of, like, the, the deathy type stuff with those guys?
1: yeah so it's interesting um heathen heathen combat based in Hamilton I debuted for them I think maybe a year ago okay I've never actually done anything death for heathen oh really um so Vic Craig and I he's like my best friend yeah just in the world just in life everyone knows it so I yeah. stopped trying to hide it we're in the middle of a feud right now October <laughs> 29th death match coming yeah <laughs> um, yeah. For the New Zealand Professional Wrestling Championship, but yeah, well. in real life, big friends. Yeah. we Yeah, good friends. Um, he was, I credit him, and a lot of people do, and so they should. Mm-hmm. He was behind the resurgence of Deathmatch in New Zealand. Yeah. No one wanted to touch it for a long time. Mm-hmm. And he came up... Because he probably talked about it. The um, fact I know he did because I listened to it. But he was a fan of the machine and shit.
0: Yes, he said. Yeah, it was
1: like there you go, G. Da, da da. And he was a Deathmatch guy, so Froggy always wanted to bring that back. Mm-hmm. I said, Froggy, my bad. No, that's the okay. Deathmatch Reaper. <laughs> <laughs> the
0: Craig, it's not not quite as intimidating.
1: as, as yeah, the, no, the Deathmatch yeah, Reaper. At all. Yeah,
0: yeah.
1: Um. He he was big into bringing the Deathmatch back in paying respect. Not only that it was getting big everywhere else in the world, and it's what he's most passionate about, but yeah. also the fact that it it has a huge hand in the resurgence of indie wrestling in New Zealand yeah. that people don't really acknowledge uh-huh. and talk about. Um, so he did a, um, he started doing death everywhere. He's, he did a few in Maniacs. He would do like not really death, but hardcore leaning stuff yeah. mm-hmm. and other promotions, and they'd kind of sell it like, all the death guys here, but it's yeah. all chair shots and shit." Yeah, yeah. So he did that. And then Heathen, Heathen really jumped on a big, and he had his um he had Horace's first death match, uh-huh. who's the joke of Death from New Zealand, right? Yeah, I
0: think they uh, I think they said they tricked Horace into his first uh, death match.
1: <laughs> yeah, of, they yeah. did, and they yeah. probably did. Yeah. I believe it. Yeah, because so. <laughs> for here, yeah, yeah, Vic Craig would do something like that, um, and so would Heathen. Actually, oh, you'll be all right. But yeah, so the Heathen kind of became the pseudo place to see death. Yeah. Because Horace caught the bug quite big and he ran with it yeah. and even took it to a different level for a different audience in New Zealand. Mm-hmm. Um, and Vic Cray kind of, he like semi-retired kind of. Like he spent like kind of eight months where he just wasn't around. Yeah, wow. Um And that was kind of the era where death really took off yeah, with definitely. Horace. Yeah, Actually. Wow. Interesting. And then Vic, then he came back. And started doing the death to New Zealand wrestling thing because he hates New Zealand and <laughs> whatever. I don't know. it's <laughs> a fucking you weirdo. Know. But um, he, he came back and then he started doing more death matches and stuff. And, again, his notoriety went up. And then he went back to Heathen as well. And Heathen were kind of promoting him as the co-kind of... Hey, Horace is our guy, but Rugged the Craig is one of our guys too, because obviously Horace had the belt and was going on this big fucking run. Yeah. Um, so they both ended up going to DMDU. Yes. At some point this year, I believe. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I can't. What well, fuck? What a year it's been. I, I know. It's, it's, it's
0: the, bro. The last three years are a fucking shit show. Like to be honest, I like know. the timeline is so oh. fucked. But I'm pretty sure it was both this year. I know. Uh, Vic was there for, I think it was poor decisions, and then not here to fuck spiders. So I was at the yep. that spider show and saw him there. And then I know Horace was on one not long after that. I think he he
1: was on poor decisions too.
0: Oh, poor poor decisions number two. Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah,
1: yeah. So he was yeah he was on yeah. So they both went over. They did their thing, and then. So some of the the deaf guys, obviously Joel, um, York, Joel Bateman, of course, York, um, canby yep. they came over in fuck not that long ago, like July. Yeah. And then Vic Craig decided to run his own show. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. Vic Craig so presents, a, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: He ran a show, and they had Heathen the night before, and that's when Joel uh, Joel Bateman beat Horace for the. One above all world championship, the New Zealand Deathmatch Championship, carrying
0: around the world with him.
1: Exactly, Mm -hmm. and he's so. The show was the next day. Now I don't know if he's talked about it publicly. He did because he announced it publicly. Yeah, he
0: announced it on my show. (laughs) He was like, "Fuck it, I wasn't
1: going to talk about this." (laughs) So Alex Cologne was supposed to come over. Yes. Yeah. And so the main would have been Alex Cologne versus Vic Craig. And he asked me, so I'd never done death at all, and I'd never even been approached to do anything like that or anything like that. I'd never been considered Mm -hmm. for that position. And then he was like, bro, I need someone that I can trust to go under me in the semi, and Mm -hmm. I trust you, and so I want to do you and Joel. Uh And I knew it's Joel Bateman, and I knew he's coming off a fucking run. He's coming over with the ICW no holds one fucking world <laughs> no. death American Deathmatch championship. Exactly, and I've never been in one. And yeah. I,
0: I, I've never, never I thought, been in a title match at that point.
1: Um, or never been in a death match. match. Not a death match. Right. Mm-hmm. I don't even think I had touched the main event yet. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. So it's like, fuck me, man. I'm just trying to get booked, really. Yeah, Thank yeah. you, but holy shit. <laughs> but you're going to put me in there this. with the
0: American Deathmatch match champion, like.
1: Exactly. exactly. I was yeah. like in my first, are you sure? And then Alex couldn't come over. Yeah. So then I thought, the whole time, you could ask him, this really happened. Uh-huh. The whole time he was putting this show together, he kept saying, Look, I'm going to book you my fucking main or my semi. And I kept telling him, Book me on commentary. <laughs> <He's> <laughs> trying to get out of I it. Didn't think, I didn't think like I'd. it meant so much to me what he was doing because it's him. And yeah. I didn't want to fuck that up for him.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So when Alex couldn't come, I was like, oh, I'll do commentary, bro, and then you and Joel will be the main. Yeah. It'll be great. Mm-hmm. And he was like, nah, fuck that. It's going to be a triple. We're going to get eyes on you. This is for me and you. This is da-da-da. This wow. third. That's awesome. So it's like, fuck. Okay, thank you. I I thought it would be all the pressure in the world because I've never been in a death match. Joel would have just won the one above all, and he's the, IC, the ICW American Deathmatch fucking world champion. Yeah. Froggy's like the guy. He's my best friend. He's one of my best friends in life. Just yeah. fuck wrestling. Mm-hmm. And this is the biggest thing in the world to him. This is his own show. It's a deathmatch show. This is what he's always wanted. Yeah, There's a fuck-off turnout. Drew better than every other show in yeah. the country. You're feeling the can. pressure
0: at this point. You're like, my friend's you know, doing this and I can't let him down kind of thing.
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, and yeah. he won't let me not be in his main event. Yeah. <laughs> He's, he's telling me, bro, I need you to make this work. And I need it to, I need uh, to deliver this for him because it means that much to me. Yeah. When we got out there, uh, there was no pressure.
0: All went away. Yep. It's just just was the match at thing. that point. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. It was just fun. It was just, let's go out there and do the thing, man. Yeah. Let's fucking go. Let's bleed. Let's go smash the fuck out of me. Yeah. What What's the tip bump that no one wants to take? I'll take it. Fuck really it. Let's fun. go. Let's do this. Let's yeah. fucking do this, man. Yeah. So that was my first ever death match, and I'm so I'm so thankful that he did that for me. Yeah.
0: Did you love it? Like, been, are you like this is like one of my favorite things I've ever done? Because a lot of people like it's either they catch that bug and immediately, or they're like it's not for me.
1: I it was so I didn't like fall in love with it. Yeah. I wouldn't go around saying hey, I'm a death guy. I only want to do death mm-hmm. match. Mm-hmm. But I always respected it. Yeah. But after doing it, especially with guys as good as Joel Bateman and Vic yes. Craig, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, this is what this is. This I is what this can be. This. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah. This is good. This is fucking like, I came back thinking, nah, you have to be a good wrestler to make this work. Yeah. I was like, this is fucking sick. This yeah. is, yeah, big up all the guys that do this because this shit is sick as fuck.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. That that's really exciting, man. That that's so cool. Have you done any more since then, or is that the only one you've done so far?
1: Um, like, oh, like I said earlier, October 29th, uh-huh. Um, I've got Vic Craig again. Oh, yep. fucking go figure! Big death match for the New Zealand Professional Wrestling Championship that yep. I took from him. Yeah, I don't know. It's been announced at the last even show, which took place last week. Uh-huh. Um, but there's some interesting stuff coming up. In terms of a Craig wise tournament wise, yes, maybe exactly for November.
0: Now he he said that on my show as well. Don't worry, you're not uh, oh, yes. <laughs> okay,
1: That's what well, I, was I was saying. He was like, I probably shouldn't will.
0: fucking say this, but I'm just going to tell everybody in, uh, now on your show. So so we announced it then uh, on the podcast was the kind of the first time you talked about it because uh, we were just rocking okay. and rolling and having a good time. But yeah, that's very exciting. You're going to be in that tournament,
1: yes, sir. Fuck yes, yeah, sir. that's well, awesome. Well, I've kind of spilled the beans on the kayfabe. He won't fucking let me not be in it. So, <laughs> You're like, I
0: don't have a choice.
1: Yeah, he's like, you've got to do this though. um, and recently, like a week or two ago, I made my DMDU debut for Deathmatch Down Under and a Deathmatch against Mad Dog, who's like a fucking a legend. legend and yeah. Guy Which
0: show there. was that? I, I'm I'm behind on like everything fucking wrestling at the moment. I haven't watched. it. Is it already streaming? Which show was it?
1: It comes out on the fifth, the Wednesday. It was the Panic at the Palais. Oh the Jordan,
0: yeah, so. okay, yeah, yeah. It's not up yet. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, that's yeah, awesome. But yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. it comes
1: out like next week or something.
0: Yeah, that's cool. Uh, against the legend as well, that is Mad Dog. Like, was that a death match or was that a, that a regular match?
1: That was a death match. Oh, yeah. it was
0: a death match as well. So in there was. with one of the best to do it.
1: Yeah. And again, my second death match ever, they're bringing me in from New Zealand. Like, no one knows. Like, who's this JT guy? Yeah. dude. And then Joel's like, nah, Mad Dog, you've got it. Like, don't worry. He's one of the best ever.
0: Joel Bateman, Mad Dog. These are, like, Vic Craig, these are your trainers. You know what I mean? That's that's amazing.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. It it boggles the mind. Like, it really does. It still hasn't fully hit me, like, how crazy that is and how fortunate I am to have been in that position.
0: It's awesome though because it, you can tell that it's like it's it's Vic and it's Joel seeing something in you and wanting to invest in you. You know what I mean? And go look if we help this guy learn the right way and be in these things and stuff, he can be something. and we can can help that happen? And that's amazing.
1: You yeah, know it is, and I I'm, I'm completely appreciative of it because yeah. they don't. No one has to. You know what I mean? No, no course one course has to not. even yeah, be nice to not. you. Yeah, exactly. let alone yeah. Just to put their Go out on a limb for yeah. you and be like, Hey, I'll put my name on this guy. No, yeah. he should be in this match. Yeah. He should wrestle Mad Dog. He should be in the main with Joel and Vic. No, well, I said so. I'm willing to vouch for him. Yeah. And it's a good feeling when they come back to you after the fact and go, Hey, good job, man. You, you did what I needed. And The people that I needed to impress, that I needed you to impress, you did it. So thank you.
0: How was it working with a veteran like Mad Dog? Because you talk about calm under pressure and stuff like that. I can't imagine he's a man that's fucking stressing out in those kind of situations. You know what I mean? He would be just a general.
1: Oh, easiest thing in the world. The nicest guy. Like, it's so weird because so violent for so long has Mad Dog been. But the nicest guy in the world... Um oh, yeah, well, how kayfabe is it? Because maybe, maybe he's not the nicest guy in the world. Maybe he's a horrible guy, Yeah. depending on the, the k-fizzle. And where are <laughs> <I laughs> at with that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but it's out the window in no, this stage. That, Okay, good, good. <laughs> no, he, it was the easiest thing. It was like a five to ten-minute conversation. Mm-hmm. He was real inclusive. He, like, always, he'd, every two minutes, he'd say, hey, what do you think? Have you got ideas? Please let me know, da-da-da-da. Um, even he pitched the finish that like super protected me, mm. which is like, why would you don't have to feel bad, yeah, dog? exactly. Yeah, like,
0: just fucking, <laughs> just yeah, squash me, brother. the <laughs> <was a> fucking
1: <laughs> leg up and I'll die. Like, who gives a fuck? But, but he's like, no, roll up and you kick out a three and a half and just, uh, just stuff like that was like. Yeah. Man, you don't have to be this nice to me. Yeah, um, yeah. But I really appreciate it. He's feeding me beers afterwards too, after the match. walked in the show together and he's giving me advice and yeah. being very complimentary and very kind. And He's the fucking coolest, man. Yeah. And he's like, I just, I can't believe, why would you book me against him? I don't <laughs> believe that. That's crazy.
0: <laughs> well, I I think you, you know your answer, man. Like, I think they they have seen something with, in you. They enjoy working with you you're a fucking you seem like an awesome dude like uh you know if you're going to invest your time in anybody you invest in good people you know what i mean that appreciate it and Absolutely. are going to work hard for you and that that it all comes back around it's all cyclical man
1: yeah no you are correct yeah yeah exactly
0: well bro so i mean we've run through with everything you've got coming up we're going to going to see that big title match coming up in NZ uh, we're we're going to see the tournament. Are we going to see you back in Australia anytime soon? Are you coming over for the ICW Deathmatch down under stuff? Are you going to try and catch those shows, or or not as easy to just swing back over at will?
1: Yeah. Look, I won't lie. The money situation—it's done up after <laughs> their fucking Geelong trip. Yeah, no so doubt, no you. doubt. <laughs> so, um, I want to come back as soon as possible. Mm-hmm. At the, again, small spoiler alert for the boys that didn't that are going to catch the um, Panic at the Palais show yeah. on IWTV. Small spoiler alert, at no. the end of the show, Callum uh, Butcher mm-hmm. called me out, basically. Really? So, I want to go have a word with him, and whether that happens in November in New Zealand, maybe, possibly, who knows? Or whether that cool. happens some point. In, uh, in Australia for Deathmatch Down Under, but I want to come talk to him.
0: Yeah. Well, you're he
1: very nice, but... Yeah.
0: Oh, he's a, he's well, a great person, but, man, you're talking about the who's who of Australian fucking Deathmatch. Exactly. You're lining him up at the
1: moment, so... I know, I know, I know, yeah. I know. Yeah, go in your little group chats and talk about how I'm fucking politicking for some shit I don't deserve. Because <laughs> I, I, I know I am, and I don't, but he said my name, so I'll say it back. Helen, what's up?
0: <laughs> what's good? <laughs> that that is awesome, dude. Man, well, hopefully you and I will run across each other at some point. Uh, we can share a beer in real life, yeah.
1: Absolutely, man. I'd love to. This has been so much fun. Thank you so, so much. So much
0: fun, dude. Don't be a stranger at all. Tell the people where to find you on social media.
1: All right. Uh, fuck. What's the Instagram? IG, I believe, is hollow mm-hmm. Um, Twitter just. JT underscore hollow. Um, Voidheart, JT hollow. Some uh, some form or what is shape of that phrase. You can find me most places. <laughs> Just write it, it in and follow. find it. He's yeah. not here to spoon no, feed I'm, you,
0: people. Work for it.
1: <laughs> I'm the brown boy doing sideo suplexes, bro. Put two and two together. Come on. It's not that hard.
0: <laughs> they can do it. Exactly. You don't need to spoon feed them. Man, thank you yeah, so that- much for your time. Everybody out there for the Void heart JT Hollow for all of New Zealand wrestling as I slowly, slowly learn about it. And, uh, you know, maybe even I'll get over there at some point. Uh, and yeah. for Faces and Feels, remember, it's all about peace, love, and pro wrestling. Yo, thanks for spending your time listening to the Faces and Feels podcast. Faces and Feels is a DIY project recorded and edited in house by me, Rafe Houston. You can show your support by following us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at FacesFeelscast, or just head straight to our link tree, linktr.ee slash to find all the info you'll ever need about the show. You can stream the episodes, be directed to your favourite podcast providers, find links to all our social media platforms and sponsors, and you can even buy me a coffee. If you have any questions, topic suggestions, or interview requests, you can send us an email to facesandfeels at gmail.com. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review on iTunes and Spotify. A banger theme is Loose Lips Sink Ships by the Thunder Vipers. Check it out on Spotify. And now hang around for a quick word from some friends of the show.
1: My body is a roadmap of pain. Right. Deathmatchworldwide.com the official online merchandise store that is only for Deathmatch Wrestling. Featuring official t-shirts from No Peace Underground, John Wayne Murdoch, Akira, Madman Pondo, Sona 23, Neil Diamond Cutter, G Raver, Schlack, Necro Butcher, and many more. If you are a deathmatch wrestler, promotion, manager, or platform, and are interested in joining the web store, send us an email to deathmatchworldwide at yahoo.com. Deathmatchworldwide.com, for the violent view. VINALS AND violence.
0: A brand celebrating a love of music and deathmatch wrestling. Follow on Instagram at Vinyls and Violence. Follow on Twitter at Legalized Ranch, and that's Ranch with two H's. And buy the shirts from DeathmatchWorldwide.com. Vinyls and Violence. I'm pretty sure it's like some weirdo shit, like Pokemon or something.